you can hit it great. You can putt it great. And you just end up in tough spots, right? And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Mr. Matt Cermak here with me. What's up, Ev? What a U.S. Open. God, what a tournament. Incredible. We were watching it like all you down the stretch in prep for this episode, and we're excited to get into it. But before, guys, if your golf game's off the rails, sick of riding the struggle bus, you've come to the right things. Thanks for you've come to the right place. Thanks for hopping aboard. Yep. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. Matthew Fitzpatrick did a lot of that today. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but the part train podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Torpros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists. Everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode, like every episode, is presented by Roback Active, where you've got a member guest coming up this yeah. week, Sarm, and it's going to be 100 degrees in Kentucky. So yeah. you're, thank God three, you have Roback polos. Three straight days. And Ev, what polo just came in? The 312 Chicago <laughs> polo that I'm going to be rocking at the member guest at the Country Club of Paducah. With Eric Straub, former part train alum. Yeah. And get this out. These, these, these special, what, what do they technically call them? These little, these specialty series runs they do. Oh, I think they call them like uh, the destination polos. The, yeah. yeah. Destination polos. So I get a text today from one of my old high school buddies, Matt Schmack, lives in Phoenix, big part train listener. His name is Matt Schmack. Matt, yeah, Matty Schmack, they call him. <laughs> Sends me a picture of the 312. He's, he's <laughs> representing his Chicago roots down in Phoenix. Guys, get the destination polos. They are fun and cool. Guys, it's hot. My apartment in Marina Del Rey, we don't have AC. It's hot. Oh. So one day I just wore a rollback polo in my what apartment. What are you living in Europe? Jeez. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> tough, but no, no joke. I wore my rollback polo one day. I never wear collared shirts during the day while I'm working. I always wear t-shirts or hoodies. And I'm wearing a rollback polo because I was that hot. I'm like, I gotta wear something that keeps me cool. So that's it. I don't I don't know if I could give you a better uh endorsement than that go to roback.com <laughs> enter the code train get 15 percent off if you've done it before enter a new email you know the drill but thank you to roback as always for supporting the show and letting us do what we love which is riding the par train with all you so that's it that's it all right this episode these are some of my favorites right because yep. i want to help people kind of get into the habit like we do when we're watching a major, when you're watching any tour event, when you're listening to any tour pro talk, I'm always trying to pick up on things they say, the way they act, how, what are the themes in the winners versus the losers? And then what can I do with my game to replicate that? And just like you, the listener can do the same. And that's what th- these episodes are about. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's fun. It's fun because we know we're going to record right after, right? And there's a million things happening with a million different players. And the last round of a major, but we're also watching a week. And I think we got a really fun episode here. Like we always do just kind of digging in. I mean, this was, I mean, the majors have been so great this year, but I mean, everybody was just coming for it. Right. And I think, and everybody's always coming for it. It's just, you know, we saw some interesting drama at the PGA, like, you know, some, you know, with moon, like, you know, some of those guys in the last hole falling back, but it was like, I didn't know who was going to win this thing. Ev. I don't know how you felt, but like, Scheffler, front nine, Scheffler, right? Mm-hmm. And then Zalatoris would have a bad hold and come right back. And Fitzpatrick was just, it looked automatic with his ball striking. So, yeah. and Rory was kind of in it. Hideki came firing. It was, 
amazing. I love the course too. I was, at least traditional U.S. Open layouts are so fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Actually, maybe that's where we start. We can just dive right in. Where I think, uh, you know, I find it funny. I'll say, I'll start with this. I find it funny that the broadcast always really harps on the mental side of golf U.S. Open week versus other weeks because of how tough it is on Mm -hmm. them. But really, we should make it clear. Golf is always tough on especially a pro golfer as much as it is on us, because the difference is with us, we can strap it up to an off day or just go back to our regular lives. For these guys, it's their livelihood. They have to go out and do it again tomorrow in front of people on TV, even when they feel off. They don't know where the ball's going. They don't know where their swing is. Like, it's not easy. So the mental game is really should be prevalent every week, but I think they put an extra spotlight on it this week because it's that much harder. So the staying in it is that much more important. And you will totally. And you, the thing with the U.S. Open is, as we watch every year, for the most part, it's just you can you can hit it great, you can putt it great, and you just end up in tough spots, right? You're one yard off, two yard off, you know, hitting your hitting your tee shots, the ball's buried, right? You thought you had the line and the speed, just missed it, lip out, you're ten feet by, right? So that's right. why it's it's so difficult, like. In that sense, everything is magnified and it just tests your, test your head. I mean, and you see the blow ups, Grayson Murray, obviously he's a personality, but like that's, but that's, that's, that's the U S open, right? It right. just Scheffler, right? He chunks a chip a little bit. I forgot on what hole it was. The ball rolls back to his well, feet, 60 yards. 60 yards. <laughs> God bless him. He's because he's the best player in the world. Then he hits the next one to five feet, makes a putt, right? Like, right. But like, <laughs> like, right. It's just, it's, it's, so that's why. It's so fun to watch, but it's hard, you know. But I think we saw that all day today of one foot off going into the bunker instead of clearing it and being perfect in the fairway yeah. or rolling off the green versus staying on the green. Oh, yeah. Right. So I think, I mean, a big part of this, uh, this series is trying to play every round like it's the US Open. I think all that means to me is accepting that it's going to be tough. You're going to have your missteps and you got to stay focused because you're going to have bad breaks. You're going to have missed shots. You can't have a mental error added in. I think that's the point, right? So how can you stay in it? I mean, I even tweeted this week, sir, when I was playing yesterday, I missed, I wasn't feeling, uh, you know, just one of those days you wake up, it's an early round, you feel stiff, you can't warm up. It's really hard to feel committed and go at and like feel good with what you got. I felt and that so yesterday. I, I, yeah. I and I warmed up too yeah. for six forty eight tea time, but the warm up was just tough and stiff. Yeah. And mine was yeah. six forty, yeah. uh, almost the same time. So, uh, so for close. me, just one quick lesson that made me think of the U.S. Open was I missed a couple drives right at the start of my round, which I hadn't been doing as recently. It would have been easy for me to be like, oh no that old thing is back. I didn't. I walk up to my ball. Somehow the ball kicked back into the fairway. It was a short par five. I hit the ball on the green in two and I made a a easy birdie on a hole that I thought I was going to be hitting three from the fairway. You know, so I think the US Open teaches us that lesson more than anything is got to stay in it. You never know where that birdie or that par is going to come from, depending on what level you are. 
But as long as you just stay in it and focus and be clear on what you're trying to do and give it your best shot, that's what these guys are putting on display at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I, you know, I guess what is it? Is it patience? You know, is it the yeah. is it the greatest display of of patience? I mean, it's any golf tournament, whether you're you know Scotty Scheffler or Evan Singer or Matt Cermak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you 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 see it in those guys too, and um, I. But the way this finished up, it was just incredible. I thought, you know, because yeah, um, it was kind of a ball striking clinic <laughs> and a putting clinic by really all of these guys. And you saw some low numbers today, right? You saw they got a little rain last night. You saw Hideki shoot sixty five. You know, you shot sixty seven from Scheffler. Like um, it, it, birdies were birdies were being made. We're often for many years. Um, it's like how many pars can you make come down the stretch? But it was just. Um, so that, that was a little, you know, 600 is not a, you know, it's 600. We've seen 600 is not a really low score, but it's not a record breaker, but it was kind of right in the middle. Yeah. I thought the course played perfect because it was a great mix of you love a good short par three. Ev. I mean, the short par four dynamic too. the guys couldn't figure out, you know, I, I thought it was a perfect, perfect blend of holes to create entertainment and make these guys think. Yeah. A lot of irons off the tee too, which I, yep. you know, you don't think of that course as like. You don't really see that a lot in a U.S. Open uh, coming down the stretch. I mean, I know it's about getting in the fairway, but you see that more, I think, in opens um, because it's hard and fast. But one thing that I think maybe we want to start, and just to give people a refresher, if this is your first post-major recap mental learning episode, what we try and do is go through different players that we think were notables that provided uh, applicable lessons for your game. And we also talk other things, whether it's like we just did with the U S open layout, the yep. approach, anything that we think is applicable to you. I want to start with Morikawa specifically yep. because we had Rick on the show a few weeks ago, his coach for the second time. And so again, we kind of had recent context on Colin's game. And yep. what did you hear a lot coming into this major Colin Morikawa was arguably the most consistent cutter of the golf ball the last three plus years on tour. And he's coming into the U S open with a draw, right? And yeah. him and Rick couldn't figure it out. Not sure why he's drawing it, but instead of fighting it, what did he do? He owned up, played what he had and was really playing near the lead most of the tournament. But here's another thing, but he really didn't hit draws though. He was hitting fades the whole time. So they clearly figured how to get him back. To where he was, but it is an amazing example of, right. right? Like, I think it just naturally has to happen. They weren't freaking out, right? right? Like you're still, you've won two majors. You're still good enough with whatever you have to have a plan and figure it out. Um, here's the, here's another thing though. Cause I definitely saw him hitting more draws than he normally hits. I saw more straight balls than he normally hits, but I, someone commented this on one of our TikToks and I made it into a post on Instagram that I thought was really interesting. Uh, I, I think the fact that he's playing what he got, initially I thought that was the takeaway, but then at second thought, I, I realized there's a bigger learning here. And it is the fact that a player that good, like Colin Morikawa, being that uncomfortable with hitting a shot he's not used to, something that's not his normal, to me is the aha moment to find your go-to shot and just do that, especially yeah. for amateurs. Find the shot that you can hit, and really, you don't need to do anything else. I, I hear people like us all the time talking about shaping it and hitting multiple shots. I think 
creativity is probably most important around the greens, depending on lies, understanding how to, you know, work the face through the turf. But I think that's a huge learning. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Cause if Kyle is that uncomfortable with hitting a draw, we should be well, Go yeah. Ahead. Here's my take on it. He is a right, he is a cutter, right? Zalatoris yeah. is a cutter, dude. And there's Fitzpatrick's a drawer. Morikawa clearly can hit draws when he needs to, right? But if he doesn't have to do it, right, he's not gonna do it, right? So if you have a you know a straight hole or if he can take it over the trees and hit his natural shape. He's going to do it. And he's going to rely on it. And I think that's the point. I think we, you know, we got our, our, our red rooster episode coming out in two weeks that everybody's going to love. What was Brad talking about? I see too many people try to overcomplicate and hit too many shots. Find yeah. your shot and try to hit that as many times as you can. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but like, right. Ev, it is eye opening. Like and for our listeners, the greatest players in the world have comfort levels. <laughs> and right. they want to get to their comfort level whenever they can, you know? And, you know, I, I think it's, and Mark is a great example, right? Like he's like, Oh God, you know, I don't want to hit too many draws. if I don't have to. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just not on, it's just not on call. And that's just, you know, that's not what he's used to. So yeah, very fascinating, but it's so cool to talk to Rick, right. Cause we get to look in like what's happening yeah. and so much could change that what we, we had him on what 10 days before the U S open. But yeah. uh, they weren't freaking out just because this is what it gives you right now, you know? Right. Well, imagine anyone going through that discomfort. You're not thinking that you can contend, but look at Colin. Colin just hits the shots he can, trusts in his ability, has confidence that he has enough. I think it's also important to remind yourself that sometimes you have to vocalize that you're good enough, that yeah. your game is good enough. I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I don't care if your body doesn't feel right. Find a way. Because that yeah. was a big difference for me yesterday, sir. First front nine, I was playing with three guys I didn't know. I was a single. I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I even topped a ball in the first hole. A ball was below my feet. Oh, God. Got quick. I'm stiff, you know, and the old embarrassment, you know, and trying not to mess up comes up. And then I just reminded myself, hey, you're a good athlete. You're just tight. No, no need to read into anything. Just commit to each swing. You're just not committing. And back nine, I shot much better. I made three birdies coming in. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's really, I think it's a good reminder. But well, one thing, I want to close, I want to close the loop on Morikawa. Yeah. So he, you know, he came into this week not feeling, you know, not feeling like he probably had his A game, right? Like I, and I'm focused on figuring this out. He finished top five. He just had a couple bad, he had his bad stretch of holes yesterday. How amazing is that, right? Like, yeah. and that's that's kind of the lesson, right? Is you know, don't freak out, stay with it. Think about you know, how am I going to make par today, right? That's a U.S. Open mindset, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's an am, that, okay. that that should be an amateur golf always. Mind. How do I get my best chance for par? Not birdie for par. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and oftentimes you get chances for birdies, but I think, um, I just think that's just unbelievable what he was able to do knowing that his game wasn't quite there. Yeah. He was leading the golf tournament, <laughs> right? So, you know, amazing, truly amazing. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, but anyways, but a great point about how you're playing yesterday, right? Like you just, you know, you didn't let the first couple holes define your round, which so often same thing with me. Ev. I played yesterday. 
right? Yesterday morning, first hole, 310 yard par four straight away, but there's a tree that kind of overhangs. I snap hooked it on the first hole. Mm, Made your least bogey. favorite shot. It's like, yes. But next hole, next hole was like a 360 straight away par four. A little trouble right, a little trouble left. I thought about pulling out a three wood. I was like, no, that's not the club. It's not the club. This is a driver hole. You just got to step up and do it. And I did it, right? And I, and I hit a better shot, you know. But like, it was sneaking in early for me. I had a bad warm up, you know, I was stiff, sore. But I was like, no, that's not the right shot. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's not you know the what right shot. You got to do the right thing <laughs> and you just know what do this it. makes me think of, Sarm? We try and think of very black or white. I'm either in, uh, in what do they call it? Uh, form, right? Yep. I'm in form or I'm playing well or I'm confident or I'm hitting good shots or I'm not. But I think the, the thing we have to remind ourselves is there's no, every shot is a new really life. Every shot's a new moment. So there's no, look at Morikawa. The guy went from feeling super dis- uncomfortable to contending for his third major at 25, which is, right. you know, top of the top in regards to the history book. So I think that's the point. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care no, how it's, you're feeling. It's no, what you did your last shot. Right. That's your point. Ev. Yeah. It's constant. That's that the has practice. nothing to do. Yes. With that first snap hook on the first hole has nothing to do with the second tee shot that, that is supposed zero to, be to do with the second tee shot. That is really what this show is all about is right. this. Obviously one shot at a time is a cliche, but that means it's, a, it's true that it's a constant practice. It's not something to master or perfect. It's something to practice and go back to. And one thing that I made me think of, sir, which actually is really applicable if you're a member guest coming up this week, because I used to say statements like this going into member guests because I'm prepping, you know, Ryan's telling me, okay, you can't go right on number nine. Yeah. Right. At Meadowbrook, that's three wood. You go right. It's OB. The hill kicks off. It's OB. And I it's you hear people say this week, well, you can't miss fairways here. Right, U.S. Open, perfect example. Thick rough, yeah. or tra- but, just think about tree line, traditional St. Yeah. Louis and Chicago, right? Clubs, right? Yeah. But it made me realize, Sir, that's it might feel true in regards to like prepping, but everybody misses fairways. You're not going to hit 14 100%. fairways, so right. I can't miss a fairway. Here is actually not really a productive thought. All you can do is 100%. commit, and then if you miss a fairway, well. But right, but not. I love it. I've not just commit, but that also you have to commit. But Except. we we know what the right club is and the right shot is off the tee. Mm-hmm. Do it. You, right. you know it, right? You feel it, right? And then commit to it. Don't be affected. Don't have trauma. And I almost it was kind of happening to me throughout the round. This golf course, Cog Hill Number Two Ravines. For those listening, tons of dog legs. Tons of like, do I? Lay back with a hybrid, which is the right call, or do I take a driver over the trees, which is the right call? And you're caught in between it. So sometimes it gets tricky, right? But whatever you do, to your point, commit. There are multiple right. ways to play the hole, but don't, 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 there's none of this in between. Either it's a hybrid or a driver. Maybe it's not the three wood, right? That's not right. the, you know, so, but I, but it's the, and this is what the pros are so good at, right? And Ev, I think you were talking about this on a recent episode or two, like we watch these guys hit at 40 yards off the planet, right. With their driver. And they might do it a couple of times, but then they hit driver again. And like, 
or they birdie the hole. They don't, they just, they just didn't do their move or, you know, they just didn't like what they saw. So go to the next one. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Short, right. it's, it's just that short-term memory. It's that post-shot routine that, you know, Rotella and Brett McCabe and Dr. Joe Parent harp on, you know. Well, speaking so, of that, maybe the best in the world at doing that right now is Scotty Scheffler. Maybe let's shift to Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to play. Yeah. Hopefully you can hear it. I'm going to play his soundbite from yesterday of how he was tricking his mind during his really tough stretch. This, where is, he made a great, double. this is a great clip. Yeah. Okay, ready? Right. Does he not have the coolest attitude? Yeah. I mean, I think all these guys have are like this, right? But something about Scheffler, how honest, how vulnerable, and really of acceptance how, as well. And how realistic he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna have bad holes. Like, maybe I wasn't supposed to murder that hole, but I did. And then Isn't I wasn't supposed crazy? to bogey that hole, but I did. Right. And then, like hold and- on. <laughs> I want to point something out here. Isn't it crazy that the number one player in the world, the hottest player this year, Masters champion, the is man. the one talking about how he expects to hit bad shots. He expects that it's going to be hard. He made a double bogey on a 120-yard hole, par three, downhill, little knockdown shot, made a double bogey. The number one player in the world is talking like that, but a 15 handicap is pissed when they hit a shot offline. Yeah. Just think about that for a second. What, the thing I wrote on this post, we shared it on Instagram today. I wrote, tricking your mind is a skill. It doesn't make the challenging stuff less true. You could still be frustrated about making a mistake, but or you could feel mad about making a double, but you're just choosing to think things that are more productive for the task at hand. Scotty knows that harping on the mistakes or expecting perfection isn't going to help him quote, stay in it, hold in, hang in there. That, that was his only goal. He said verbatim, my only goal is to hang in there because he knows that the winner in the end, as the broadcast said, which I've talked about all week, the person that gets the least bothered this week will probably win. And we'll we'll talk more about this with Fitzpatrick, but. Or, or contend, right? Like the guys in the top eight or 10, because I don't think any, none of them look like they were getting bothered out there. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're, they're finished at the top. You just got to perform a little better and get a little lucky. But I, I saw but a lot she- of club, club Sheff- slams and well, frustrations, you- shaking heads like. But that doesn't mean it. But remember, that's not always bad either, though. Right. It's how you come back from it. Different guys right. really release right. energy different. But right. but to your point and to Scheffler's point, it just is what it is. Like, this is how it's going to be. Right. First and hole you, and in a you, divot. Right. What do you do? I mean, I, he could go out. He, he hit us, put a stripe show on today. He didn't win. He lost by one. What do you do? I shot 67 on the final day of the U S open, you know, right. 
he is yeah. like, and I love how vocal to see the best player in the world be so vocal about like, you know, I'm going to hit terrible shots. I'm going to hit great shots, but I'm just going to stick to my plan. I'm going to believe in myself and we'll see. And we'll, and we'll count them up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we never got this from tiger. I think he's such an anomaly, right? He's, you know, arguably the greatest ever. Um, I, I think we've gotten a little bit from Rory. We don't, you know, and it's just really fun, Ev, to hear the number one player in the world talk like, well, to your point, maybe the 15 year, the 15 handicaps need to be talking more like him, Yeah, you know? Um, I don't know. I think it's such a breath of fresh air. It's such a learning. Every time he speaks, I just listen, you know, I just like, well, well, I had a, a light bulb moment thinking on the couch today as I was watching, but before we get to that, I want to take a quick, our first break. Uh, we've got a quick word from our friends at um oars and alps and sir i want to kick it to you you've got this member guest in 105 degree humid yep. heat in kentucky yeah well I mean, it, it's gonna be it, huge play it's it, gonna be huge yeah, this week 100 degrees 96 98 and those are just the temperatures and we're playing in a member guest so i'm packing my suitcase and my bag with oars and alps right again folks non no chemicals organic products around sunscreen here's what i'm gonna need here's the big three of the sunscreen the cooling wipes and the deodorant, right? Yeah. I don't want to get sunburned. I need to stay cool. And I got to smell. You're an decent. Irish, you got that and Irish blood. You and I got to, I got to smell decent at the after party, especially if I don't get a chance to shower. If we got to go straight to it, right? Oh, you boy, know, the I member hope. guest festivities. Yeah. So, so guys check out, I mean, we're talking about the best, the most up and coming sunscreen, but don't just take it from us. Take it from men's health, right? 2021 men's health voted the number one sunscreen. That was the ghost stick which is really good. You can just slip it in your bag, reapply throughout the day. So guys, again, don't take it from us. Wars and Alps, go to the site, get, get their products, uh, enter the code train. You're going to get 15% off. Got to give it a try. You're going to be hooked. It's going to be high. It's going to be a hot one in Kentucky. Yeah. Can't wait to bring my Wars and Alps. Yeah. They're, well, thank you to Wars and Alps. They're seriously the best. And you know, I care about ingredients. So uh, I yeah. love having a good, clean option for our friends on the train. So thanks to Orzen Alps, OrzenAlps.com, code train gets 15% off. Okay. So what was going through my head, sir, as I was watching today is, and I don't, I hope this makes sense. So <laughs> you might have to guide me through this, but I realized, you know, we, you, I used to really think, oh, that guy is a winner. That guy's a champion. He's different. But now what I've realized is champions really aren't champions. They just made one different shot or they made one putt or they stuck in it a little bit longer or they stayed a little bit lighter. If you think about it, Scotty Scheffler played well enough to win. Zalatoris played well enough to win. 100%. John Rahm really played well enough to win. Rory McIlroy played well enough to win. It's like a couple shots here or there a couple bad breaks or a couple good breaks. The yeah. point is, is that I think I thought about the pressure towards the end of the tournament a little bit differently. Cause it's not like, okay, I have, I want to like win. I want to win. I want to win. No, like Scheffler said, I want to stay in it. I want to hang in there. I want to stay a different as committed. attitude, right? I want to stay as committed to this next shot as I did the first one. And I want to try and have every shot feel as singular of a moment as I can. No projections from other moments, other shots. Sure, you can adapt and learn as you're playing, whether, you know, how it's 
you know, responding out of the rough and that type of stuff and judging lies. But for the most part, I don't know. Does that make sense? I realize it's not like this crowning. It is a crowning moment, but he's really not that different. It's a shot here or there. Right. And I think that's a great segue to turn it over to Fitzpatrick, right? That last drive, right? He couldn't go in the bunker, the one place, Mm. but he kind of got a little lucky. He didn't have to go right over the lip. I mean, it hits, it hits the, the grass mound in between, kicks back, looked terrible on TV, but he actually had a little bit of a shot. Granted, hard shot. He talked about it, which is great. The one shot I didn't want was the fairway bunker shot, yeah. you know, especially in the last hole of the U.S. Open with a one-shot lead. But that was a nice little bounce he got, right? You know, now, he, he went and created his own luck with the birdies, you know, what, on – 13 and 15, those the long putts. I mean, unbelievable. Right. Guy was lights out. Granted, he hit 17 greens. So he hit 17 greens. He went and made those putts, but that ball bounces a little further right. Or if it plants into the grass hill, he's chipping out. Right. Right. So you have to get those good breaks too. And he just seems like, I mean, it was, what I found amazing about this, how fearless he was. I, and I would say the same thing about Zell Torres, same thing about Scheffler. Did it, was there any moment where these guys were not ripping it or hit one high right and just yeah. like, or, you know, Zalatoris pushes it on, you know, does push in the rough on 16 or whatever, and then comes back and makes a birdie. And remember, <laughs> Zalatoris on the broadcast, they said, is one of the best players in right miss proximity over no, off no, the tee. No, the worst. I thought they said he's one of the best, meaning he never misses it right. He misses it left more often. No, Aziner said it was the worst average. He was 203. So that's his that's his tendency to oh, go okay. right. I thought yeah, that he, that meant he was missing it right when he normally doesn't. No, that's his that's his tendency to miss it right. To Got over it. okay. To overcook his cut, right? And he's so that put him in trouble. But look at Zalatoris's putt on 18 Ev. What really a putt. putt. It just didn't really go in. <laughs> Yeah, and you, I know we're gonna. We should probably, if you want to stick on Fitzpatrick first. You mentioned, yeah. look, he's he's so good and so solid. Seven European Tour wins, U.S. Amateur champ at the at Brookline, which is amazing. Yeah. He's never won here, and he's kind of that guy you always pick on your major team, your top four or six guys. But he's just kind of no nonsense. Takes notes after every shot. Kind of a seems like kind of more of maybe like a he's got an introverted golf personality, right? And um, and he's got braces. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. English Anything's not, possible. English not known for their teeth. So got to give him a ton of credit. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he's picked up so much distance the last couple of years, which is amazing. He's not a big guy. Right. He's got an inside takeaway and he just whips it and hits his hard draw. And he's got a 160 mile per hour. He does have a whip. speed now. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 I actually find, I was going to talk to you about that today. Cause I think it's actually, he, his deliberateness at which he finds his line, walks in his shot. He's got mm. a little trigger where you can kind of see he's like feeling like he's closing the face, getting it on plane, a little bit of a waggle just to feel it. And then he whips it and rips it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's actually a great <laughs> thing for a lot of people to take in. Like I found that that's helped a lot with my putting is get your line, step into it. The minute, the, the second my eyes go back to my ball i stroke it go and it helps me feel like a stroke instead of trying to make it and i've felt the same way in the swing not to necessarily get quick 
but deliberate. Assertive. Yeah. 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 He's really good at that. Yeah. I love watching him hit the ball like that. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And what we didn't see today because he's hit 17 greens is he's a cross-handed chipper. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which right. Is incredible That's to right. Any- they didn't talk about that today well, he because he didn't hit any greens. <laughs> So, um, and he's known for taking notes. He's a big data guy. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean, what a hard, like you're talking about one of the hardest workers, like, yeah. you know, there but is what does that help him do? I bet you that gives him a ton of commitment because he yeah. knows his misses, right? Probably as good as anyone out there plotting right. every shot he's hit since 2014. That's insane. Right. And he just kind of diagnoses after he hits a shot, or whatever, since you he know? was 14, not 2014, but when he was 14, I yeah, think the staff for a long time. Um, yeah. So he's been kind of knocking at the door. He's been in majors. We've seen it. Um, really cool. I mean, here's the crazy thing. I think Americans have won 14 out of the last 16. Now it's 14 out of the last 17. So a big, uh, a big win for the continent of Europe too. But well, uh, let's. I could back. see him. I could see him winning more. He's just he works yeah. too hard. He just Ryder Cup. You know, he's got a lot of experience, but hold on. I want to really dig into 18 for a second, because I think this is so relatable. Imagine you are have the chance. You have a one shot lead. You're playing opponent. Just smoked one down the middle with a driver, by the way. So, you know, he's in position a arguably one of the best wedge players, iron players in the game today. Okay, so he's in the money zone. Yeah, you have a one shot lead. You've never won in the u.s let alone a major and there is one place you can't miss it and it's the least favorite shot in your bag the fairway bunker right the commitment to hit the three wood off the tee knowing that if he if he pulls it left it can bring that shot into play i think that takes guts and he committed to what he was hitting good all day some people (laughs) you know the broadcast says you should have hit an iron or a driver or missed but, it, missed it right because right. it's just rough over there, and you have an angle. Right, he missed it, you know. Um, but again, why change? To your point, why change your plan? Right, right. You know why it, change the plan because you have a chance to win because of some because of pressure, and that's a new story you're going to tell yourself. Right. So some yeah. people, I, I think that's actually a great point because it just shows that he stayed in playing offense. We said the same thing in the recap episode when we had Dr. Bob Winters on because you couldn't make it. But we talked about that with Scheffler at the Masters where he still went for it in two over water on 15 because why wouldn't he, right? So you got to give him credit for going with the shot that was working all day. He missed it, fine. But now let's go to the moment. Okay. You were behind this little tuft of grass at first. Didn't seem like he had a shot. This is your least favorite shot in the bag. The most uncomfortable shot in your bag, a fairway bunker with a chance to win a major. I actually think it might've helped him. Let me, let me say my, why I think that let's hear it. He had to be so committed to his start line. Kind of like we are in the trees, right? You have one option. You have to go left to left to that branch. You have to keep it low. And a lot of times with that, we end up hitting our best shots in those moments where you don't have an option, right? He had one option, started a little left and hit a cut. And he was just as deliberate. He didn't take a lot of time. He walked right into that shot and he committed and ripped. Again, to your point, he ripped it in the shot that he is the most discomfort. 
Like I can't un- overstate but, that enough. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he, hit think, an unbelievable I, shot. I think he, and he mentioned this in the interview, but I think he just convinced himself. I've put on a clinic today. And yeah. he said, ability just took over. Yeah. <laughs> like I've hit every shot. I, I mean, he was dealing with what's the part, the short part four on the front where he drove the green. Nobody, he was the only guy who put it on. Everybody was hitting driver, hitting it left, hitting the bunkers. Right. The guys that played it well, Zalatoris, iron, short iron. So I just don't like, he just, yeah, just why can't, why can't I do this? Well, that's the point. I, I, right? I'm the best. Is, I, I am the best. I've been the best today. You know? That's the point. Is in a moment that could have overtaken you because it's normal. You have a moment to do something great. So the ego wants to protect itself. It's easy to take, let that discomfort, try and do something out of your routine that you don't normally do. But what do you do? The whole point's coming back to what you do well, which is ball striking, which is what he was doing all day. Yeah. So you take that moment and you remind yourself that, no, I'm, I'm hitting it great today, better than I ever have. And I can do this. Even if you haven't been hitting it great that day, you say to yourself, I, I can hit this shot. I've done I've this shot of fairway I, bunkers. I've done this shot a million times. Yeah. Right. And that's <laughs> so. the time to take yourself out of a moment, get back to the shot, get back to the execution, be deliberate, commit and rip it yeah. like always. And that's what he did. And he won. And he did, and he, and he did it. Um, Ev, let's talk putting. Um, because this mm-hmm. is a topic you've been working well, part of your game. I've never seen you work harder at, and it's fun to watch lots yeah. of improvement there, but I love, I think there's something about Fitzpatrick putting with the flag in who else does this besides Bryson. You don't really see it. Adam Scott, Adam Scott's had putting problems, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then, so I think I'd like to talk about if, if you put with the flag in what you're doing, I think there's absolutely a visual advantage to this, but at the same time, the pin's not perfectly in now at a US Open, it will be. It can be an issue because that ball can pop out. Right. Um, I think he just had I I I like putting with the flag. I do whatever the group wants to do, but I find myself just having a freedom when I see that visual of the flag. Yeah. I kind of free up a little bit. I've done it on short putts. He did the whole time. Thoughts? Yeah. I do the same thing. I like it just because it's easier and it it's faster, but I also like it just because it's a bigger target. And again, I, I, I've noticed with my game and putting on the course, I don't do as well if I get down and I overanalyze lines and I try and hit a perfect line. I, I, it must be the perceiver or the intuitive in me that I can stand up. I kind of see the line and I can step right into it and stroke it. And I found that I putt better that way and taking actually less time trying to harp over the line. I think the pin being in doesn't hurt either. Well, here's why I like it because before the rule change, when you're off the green and you're putting and the pins in, it's kind of a psychological thing where you don't expect to make it. Yeah, that too. You don't, right? Because like, hey, I'm off the green. It could come out a little different. Pins in, you know, um, I'm leaving it in because maybe it'll, you know, stop it, right? It might come out too fast. But you just put less emphasis into the into the into the shot, into the putt. And I think that's very transferable to under the greens. Now, I think there's times you should take it out on short putts or down or uphill putts. But I think, you know, I think everybody, if they're not doing it, try it. And there's yeah. been times in rounds where like, I didn't felt like, I was like not maybe making putts early. I was like, you know what? Let's put the pin in. You know, let's like mix it up. You have options. You know, and, 
Anybody can do whatever they want. We had some guys yesterday wanted it in. Some guys wanted it out. All right. It's your game. It's the rules. So pretty fascinating that he clearly, he clearly frees up mentally having that visual of the pin because you can't make an argument that it's really helpful. It's not. They've done studies mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. But it, and maybe and his speed is his speed was perfect. So I don't know. I found that fascinating. Nunzel Torres. I mean, obviously we've been posting about him. He's got two different strokes, <laughs> and he's right. finished second in the last two majors. And some might say he's got the most ugliest short putting stroke we've ever seen. Right. Well, before we get to Zell Torres, I want to close <laughs> the loop for a second on Fitzpatrick because I actually think this is um, something that, again, can't be overstated. I know we talk about it a lot, but this guy just won his first major doing it. And I think everyone can benefit from this. So the 2022 U.S. Open champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick, hole 15, blocks it right off the tee. The camera panned to him, taking his glove off. He was smiling. Okay. Yeah. Hole 17. He tapped the putt so light because the putt was so fast that you could tell it was just a terrible putt and never had a chance. It wasn't a terrible, it wasn't a terrible putt. I think he was just scared and just had fun with it. Like, like, well, see, that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He laughed with his caddy. Right. He's like, that was terrifying. Right. (laughs) Like, and he just had a great light moment before he went ahead and hit the biggest tee shot of his life. <laughs> so I think Matt, Matthew yeah. Fitzpatrick great call. that in the, in the highest, biggest pressure moments, I've made this mistake before in the biggest pressure for me, you think you need to get in the zone and get really serious. And again, different people are different. Whatever helps diffuse the situation. But smiling and laughing after things that happen that don't necessarily match your ideal expectations yeah. is a great way to diffuse it and stay light and committed into your next one. And that's how he won his first major was laughing and smiling after two of his misses. Yeah. It, it, he, I think that's so telling. Well, and what it would also tell you, he's kind of a guy, most of the time he's just deadpan, right? You don't really get much out of him. Yeah. And then those couple kind of just fun, jovial moments clearly diffused him. He clearly yeah. had to lean on it when you know he was nervous out there like they all were. Totally. Fascinating. So the most serious and solemn golfers, a laugh in there doesn't hurt, right, Ev? <laughs> like, Absolutely. Doesn't, Fitzpatrick's a perfect example. I think more people need to laugh it off. I've been saying that for a while, but if you don't believe me, you just watch Fitzpatrick. If it helps him win majors, it can certainly help you save a few strokes. Before we talk Zalatoris and things overall, we got to take our last break. Um, from our friends at Red Rooster. Now, Red Rooster, this is really interesting. Red Rooster golf gloves are the number one best-rated glove in golf by My Golf Spy. They just did an independent study. Yep. They got the number one best-performing glove, and they also got the number two best-performing, which is their range glove. Yeah. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Red Rooster, our episode with the two founders, one was a former PGA Tour pro, the other's a three handicap. We had them for a mental game roundtable next week. And I think if you guys have heard these reads, I know a lot of you had started to get these gloves. It's, I urge you to, just like every week, but definitely next week, listen to that show because it's just so telling to hear how the glove actually was a huge focus for Brad, you know, one of the co-founders who's played on tour for 20 plus years. Yep. And Carrie, the three handicap, was using a crusty glove. 
And they're kind of back and forth learning how important the glove can be has made a big impact. And that's what led to them starting Red Rooster, who they've only been around for a year. And now they've won the best performing glove in golf. It's pretty amazing. So go to redroostergolf.com slash train, get 20% off. If you didn't get it for Father's Day, get yourself a gift or get dad a gift or get mom a gift, get whoever needs a gift. A glove subscription, I actually think is one of the best gifts you can give someone because it's a gift that'll keep giving. And a lot of people don't, for whatever reason, don't feel the need to get themselves a new glove when they deserve one. So redroostergolf.com slash train, get 20% off and um, listen to next week's episode because it's a fun context to hear about their company and the importance of gloves. Best glove I've ever worn, hands down. And that's big coming from you, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're a foot joy titleist guy when it comes to gloves. So absolutely the best. All right. Zalatoris. Um, he, the guy is a, the guy is major tough. Yeah. So likable, so fun. Hits a high cut. Ball striking machine. Say what you want about the putting situation, Ev, but it's pretty damn good considering what he's clearly battling. And you've been working a lot on your putting too. And some of you just had a, a loop in their stroke, right? Yeah. So it's, I mean, he's a fearless putter from looks like 10 feet and out. But when you get inside five feet, he's, he's clearly battling, but he's not missing. So he, I, he missed at the PGA. He didn't miss at the US Open. So he's yeah. made progress. Well, this is another aha moment for the average player because it'd be easy. I'm, he, he might not pay attention to it, but he knows the chatter is out there about his, he's talked about it publicly sure. about his short little yippy stroke, right? Yep. Now, it'd be really easy to let that influence his view on him as a putter overall. And guess what? That guy made so many putts down the stretch with a chance to win his first major. Clearly, he has confidence in his putting. He doesn't let what something looks like or his struggles or discomfort. Again, similar to Fitzpatrick in the bunker. He didn't let the discomfort influence his performance or his view on his ability. Right. And I will tell you firsthand, I know what it's like worrying about or having the thought come across your mind that other people might see your stroke and be like, oh, that's a little bit of an odd stroke. Right. And let the performance talk for itself. Zalatoris is a great example of doing what works for you, accepting the discomfort and doing your best with what you got and still believing in yourself. That guy was nails. Yeah. And you know what I love actually, which is an, another takeaway for all of us. He, he, he puts the left sleeve under his armpit, which is uh -huh. a drill. Like, you know, you put a glove under your armpit. So he gets it tighter. So he's feeling more connected in his shoulders because he has a little disconnection problem. Clearly you don't see that. Mm -hmm. it, it, he, he takes something that typically you drill with, but like, why not do it? And so he's just embracing what he, he's embracing, his tendencies, his game. Um, and again, he's delivered too, pretty quick. You know, when he, he kind of just steps up to it and hits it. That last putt on 18, love that. Just like we like, I think the assertive is our word, that assertive routine, you yeah. know, see it and do it. And yeah. uh, so Ev, here's the crazy thing about Zalatoris. This guy's finished second in the last two majors. Lost in a playoff, was on the edge, literally, to get into a playoff. 
and he can really still improve his budding. Uh, he's he's a, he's a guy that's going to be just in it for a long time. Well, that's another healthy. example. Think about how people view Scotty Scheffler now. What do you, what has he won four times this year, including the Masters? And people and number one in the world, and people are like, this guy is like unreal, right? Right. Zalatoris is what a couple putts away from winning two majors in a row. And us talking yeah. about Zalatoris, about how he's the next big thing, and in the right. same conversation as Morikawa, it's not that big of a margin. It's well, really it's, not. It's one shot. That's right? the crazy two thing. shots in the playoff, right? His right. reputation is so different if he finds those two shots, or if somebody in front of him loses those two shots. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's it's pretty fascinating. Another well, thing too about Zalatoris, I wanted to point out that was his wedge play. How about the knockdowns? How about the finishes? Mm. Literally at his hips. You never and see anyone stop the club that low and abbreviated v- on full knockdown shots. Ultra abbreviated. And his short irons were so dialed in. And again, it's a learning lesson for everybody listening right now. Whatever your handicap is, sometimes take an extra club, choke up, think about landing it in the front of the green, you know, just being, being a little more creative and not trying to hit it so high and spin it you know if you're in the rough choke up let it bounce up i played with kent wilson yesterday he did this all day he never does it he usually tries to fly it there he was never behind the green once but so this is so funny because i haven't i've started doing this as of recently and look just like his putting stroke zalatoris could have been insecure about how the fact nobody hits their knockdowns like that and trying to mirror others but he he doubled down and what's working for him I've been starting with all wedge shots, even from like 140 to 70 yard shots, you know, like pitching wedge to lob wedge. I've started to play around and test at the range. I've started to take it to the course where I take a club that's about 30 yards full yardage above the shot that I have. And I'll open the face a little bit. I kind of just open it and kind of chop across, keep it open, kind of rotate. And I hit these little baby cut flighted shots. And it's so fun because it kind of feels like this athletic, I'm almost doing it underhand a little bit. Yeah. And it's been kind of a fun way because I don't normally hit a cut. It's been a fun way to kind of have a cut in the bag. And also I didn't hit all of them great, but they were all either right off the green or on the green, 25 feet. And I've started to realize like, okay, it might not look normal. It might not look amazing, but like it's working for me. Well, what looks normal, Ev, right? Right. That's the thing. I mean, it might look normal. Fitzpatrick has an inside takeaway and everybody gets obsessed with how good the takeaway looks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So to your point, work with it. Find shots, especially the pitching, the short irons. Be creative. Yeah. You know? and. I don't care who cares how it looks like, you know? Right. Some people say to me like, man, your swing is really short. I was like, yeah, you know what I'm going <laughs> to try You're to stick right. it. I mean, yeah. It's like, it is, you know, and maybe it's a little, maybe I could have more of a, a bigger turn. Right. And I do work on that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't, you know, find different ways to hit different shots and all that matters of is what it looks on the scorecard. Right. Right. Well, that's the funny <laughs> thing know? is these guys I was playing with, it, it kind of blew my mind because I hit a couple drives at the start of the round, like I said, where I was going right. 
And you know, yeah. these are like lost balls, right? Sure. And these are three go- golfers that were, you know, I would guess they're all like twenties or whatever handicaps. And I hit two drives OB or, you know, unfindable. And they were like, Oh my God, dude, that was ripped. And it's so funny because we all forget based on all these different levels, we create different measuring sticks. Right. And right. to me, it felt like a bad shot, but to them, it was so cool to see a shot that was hit hard. So right. think about, you know, your measuring stick too. And think about how I feel like a theme for today is finding what works for you, hanging in there and keep doing the thing that is right for you in the moment that you can commit to and feel comfortable with. Right. And, you know, it's pretty clear, sir, when you're uncomfortable. Now there is a difference. There's a difference between hitting a shot that you know is the right shot, but having some discomfort because of past trauma where I'm sure Fitzpatrick felt in that fairway bunker or that you felt when you selected driver on the 360 yard par four, right? You know, I still feel that a lot of times with my driver, but I've got a new routine that I stick to and I commit right. to, you know? And so I don't know, there was just so yeah. much good stuff from this U S open that I think our listeners can take with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And encourage everybody to really well, you know, follow our lead a little bit of how we watch these majors. Yeah. Right. You know, how they're like, how they're reacting, their facial expressions, you know, how fast they're walking, you know, what, you know, what the shots they were hitting all day and are they hitting different shots later? You know, really, you know, follow that stuff. It's a fun way to watch golf, you yeah. know, watch their putting routine, you know, does it speed up? Does it change? And none of it, these guys look like they were just hitting. That was Thursday night men's league with the boys. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, shot after shot. And like you, when you're just that in your routine and when you're in, when, when you know your routine feels good, you believe in what you're doing. Whether it doesn't matter if it's the U S open. Well, I just, think this is what you know, I love about our show is finding things that the best players do that the amateurs don't. And I think when I watch, you know, we all watch course vlogs on YouTube and hopefully we'll have our own soon where we can kind of dig into this mental stuff live. But what I've noticed is everybody talks about results every second of every round. Okay. Well, we're behind the eight ball. I guess we got to like make something happen here. And it's like, pros don't talk like that. Pros get hyper-focused on what the lie is like, what they need to do what the shot calls for. And then they just do it. Whereas the amateur, we get so bogged down in what things mean and what the result is and what we need. But think about every good round you've ever had. You don't try and shoot a good round. It just happens. So that's the practice is letting the rounds come to you. Bogies are happy or birdies are happy accidents. Put yourself in position. What did we learn last week from Colin McCartney? McCarthy, didn't he say, uh, what, what, what was the quote? Uh, chances, not chipping, right? Yeah. Give yourself chances, not chipping. Give your best to give yourself the best chance to hit greens and give yourself the best chance to hit fairways and well, give yourself the best chance to make a putt. Well, totally. I can kind of end with this yesterday. I played in the team game and we ended up winning, but we lost a couple holes in a row to lose the lead. And on those holes, we both hit it in the fairway and both hit it on the green. I think there was a three putt on one hole, and then there was another hole. Guys are playing, made an eagle, 
And after those, like on that, so we lost two in a row. I just turned to Ken. I was like, arrows and greens. And we were, had actually just done it, you know, but it's like that never changes. But law of averages, right? You know, right. By continually (laughs) what you just did, you're going to be in better position long-term. Right. And obviously when you don't do it, it's like, oh, it's very obvious. Oh, Pharaoh's no, it just never changes. It's like, oh, fairways and greens. And sure yeah. enough, we pulled it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and even if you weren't having fairways and greens, right, we're scrambling today. So, yeah. you know, rough to green, trees on the green, ups and downs. We're it, the it, up and down team, whatever it, it is. It's basically just next shot, yeah. right? Next shot, you know? So, yeah. No, great, uh, great US Open. I mean, that's just golf at its finest. Really fun to watch, Evan. That this is a great breakdown we can all learn from. Yeah, I love this. I thought we there was a ton to learn this year. I can't wait for the Open. My favorite place in the world at St. Andrews, 150th oh. Open. Uh, so we'll complete the major series there. And um, if you guys have gotten value from this episode or any other episode, uh, it would mean a lot to us to give us an Apple podcast review. If you don't have Apple, yeah. a five-star review at Spotify works as well. And um, no matter how bad you think you're playing or the bad break or the shot that you haven't seen in a while. What do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. If the guys can do it at the U.S. Open, you can do it on the weekends or whatever events you're playing in. So just remember to enjoy the ride. And uh, hey, give us a follow at the Part Train. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That works too. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Take care.